Hello and welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. I'm joined by Richard Forsyth, who's got decades of experience working in the learning and development industry. Welcome to the show, Richard. Richard, perhaps you could talk about your personal journey at Skillsoft starting out. You also worked at the BBC in the past, so do tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Sean. Thanks for the introduction. Not sure of over decades of experience is true. It's what makes me seem somewhat older than I am. I did join BBC Worldwide back in 2000 when my role was selling corporate training videos into the L&D sector. Videos moved to CD-ROMs, to DVDs, and finally into creating e-learning content. Back then, though, the technology couldn't really support what we were trying to do, so you ended up selling a concept that could not really be supported. From a BBC, I worked for Mind Leaders Third Force, we were one of the first adopters of sending e-learning content into the hospitality market, where it was more about educating your partners into moving away from face-to-face training. We were acquired by Skillsoft in 2013, who wanted to get into the compliance market, which by then, as you can imagine, was a much more crowded marketplace. From there, I took up a role with Learning Pool before joining up with the team at WebAnywhere. It's been a rewarding career, where there's been lots of changes, and I think more recently, Technology is having a huge impact in this space. So in the last 10 years, what changes have you seen when it comes to learning and development? Sean, I'd say the field of L&D has changed massively over the last 10 years. It used to be predominantly face-to-face training, with some people using blended learning solutions. Initially, there were early adopters of e-learning, but quite a few of them made the mistakes of carrying with traditional face-to-face session, but online. This led to poor learning experiences and poor learning as a result. Nowadays, you'll find learning everywhere. It could be podcasts, TED Talks, a YouTube video. The options are endless in today's world. People want to consume learning in a different way now, so it's designed in smaller bite-sized chunks. It's much more interactive with virtual learning experiences, gamification, online classrooms, chat rooms and so on. And technology is a huge driving force behind this. YouTube was its, when it was in its infancy 10 years ago and Slack had only just launched. Now it's all about mobile and smartphones. The dynamics of the working environment have changed as well with much more people working remotely. If you look at it from an organisational level, you used to have a training department who organised training courses. Now you call it a learning department with L&D facilitators. So even the language has changed. There's a lot more choice and scope than even than ever before. And that's a very good development for L&D learners and businesses. When it comes to implementation of enterprise projects, what are the common pitfalls and when do things go wrong? In your experience, tell us how to avoid those pitfalls and what your advice might be. If you look at Brandon Hall Group's annual LMS trend study, 38% of companies using an LMS last year were actively looking to switch vendors. And software advisory firm Keptera also found out that a quarter of LMS users were dissatisfied with their current system. But why do people get it so wrong? Once you purchase an LMS, some people want to implement it as soon as you can. A lot of companies don't realise the effects it can have on staff if from day one it doesn't work properly. User engagement goes down, learners don't get the experience they want, making them reluctant to adopt the technology. You need to plan your rollout effectively, making sure all groups are engaged from CEO to ops to finance. 
In the past, the LMS probably got a bad name as it was just used for tracking e-learning content. Now you can create a CMS experience for your users, combining useful information such as your internal, intranet, HR documents, Twitter feeds, social learning applications so the learner is using the LMS daily. Other pitfalls include choosing the wrong vendor who may see the LMS as a record store, not getting an executive sponsor and doing too much too soon. I'd say probably eight best practices for successful LMS implementation. Ensure strategic alignment, get an executive sponsor, properly define your business requirements, make sure you've got the right team in place, make an implementation plan, create a training plan and prepare people for change. You just attended the Learning Summit and social learning was very topical. What other trends are you seeing in the learning and development industry? And what would your advice be to companies looking to procure solutions to meet business needs in this new digital age? It was a very good day and I'd highly recommend anybody interested in L&D to attend our next Learning Summit in March 2020. It's a great chance to network, share best practice and make new connections. I say, Sean, that social learning is still a very hot topic in my network. Lots of people want to implement best practice, but they find it very hard to do so. As a digital age affects both business process and work culture, it follows the nature of learning and development is also changing fast. By 2020, millennials are expected to make up 35% of the global workforce, with Generation Z hot on their heels. These professionals crave more flexible, creative and collaborative work environments and L&D programmes need to match. Organisations who take a flexible and varied approach, including both face-to-face and digital programmes, are likely to be the most effective in engaging young employees. Now we see anywhere, anytime and any device, mobile first, content for on-the-go learning. Ultimately, a one-size-fits-all approach is waning and being taken over by a more bespoke and employee-owned style of learning. Employee training no longer has to occur at a fixed time and a room set aside for it. As with other aspects of L&D, a company must look at what it wants the workforce to learn and then look at the methods available or the most effective in that context of a workforce that's currently active. Whether that's through mobile learning, social learning, you now need to suit the requirements of your workforce. How do you think artificial intelligence will impact learning, both in terms of course creation, but also management information and interventions for learners, such as recommendation engines and the like? Sean, that's an interesting topic. AI is predicted to be big, worth at least $15.7 trillion by 2030. Already AI is aiding learning by functioning as virtual assistants and chatboxes. Siri and Alexa get more useful every day and chatbots are becoming more and more prevalent in every aspect of consumer life. For L&D, programmes must stay abreast of the newest approaches, training modules and methodologies in learning. The one-size-fits-all model is now a thing of the past. With AI, you can gather insights from the vast amounts of employee data coming in, augmented by deep analysis and thereby facilitating the creation of customised learning initiatives. You'll be able to create intelligent and smarter position content that's adaptive, intuitive and responsive to a learner's personal journey. As a result, AI will transform how learning content is delivered and foster retention, leading to greater alignment with business values. AI's capacity improves thanks to the power of machine learning 
and better programming. It will be able to take more of a driving role in the content creation process. It can provide content suggestions, fill in the scenarios, or even write the content itself. So as you can see, there's lots of potential applications for AI and learning, and we've only really begun to scratch the surface. At this stage, it's all rather pred predictive and theoretical, but the capability of AI is advancing at an ever-increasing rate, and this can only improve in the learning experience. There's quite a lot of thought leaders in the learning and development space. So when it comes to educating yourself about the industry, be it podcasts, books, videos that you're watching, what would you recommend to our listeners to take a look at? Sean, I tend to think of myself as a modern learner and listen to podcasts or videos to educate myself and keep myself up to date on latest trends. I do find TED Talks a great video resource and a couple of videos I recommend to L&D professionals on Nigel Marsh, How to Make Work-Life Balance Work, and Susan Cain, The Power of Introverts. TED Talks has also launched an education podcast, which is great to listen to on my way to meetings. CIPD is another great resource with over 150 broadcasts available. And I do like the Learning Innovation podcast, which combines corporate learning, education, technology and talent development. I do also follow Laurie Niles Hoffman, as I think she's a great thought leader within learning and development. On a personal level, I do like listening to Tales from Japan with a Rugby World Cup going on. In particular, I find me egg chasers very good. Richard, the world of work is changing. By 2030, some jobs will have vanished due to artificial intelligence and automation and new jobs will arrive. And so the skill to be able to learn is important. How can learning and development facilitate the acquisition of that skill of self-development, self-learning? How can they encourage this as a character trait in employees? Sean, if you look at the impact of AI, some people think jobs will go. Others think more jobs will be created as a result of AI, so the world of work is changing. More than a third of L&D leaders report that the level of choice and complexity and learning technologies is now a major challenge, and a quarter of L&D leaders are not confident that their organisation is putting learner experience at the centre of digital learning, design and content. But how can you facilitate self-development or self-directed learning? Firstly, you can support self-directed learning by clearly communicating organisational goals and needs so your employees can better align their personal vision to these goals. You can foster collaboration, interaction and teamwork. You can empower employees through participatory work processes. You can encourage and provide opportunities for continuous learning and you can use relevant technologies. Organisations also need to provide a tech-enabled environment that fosters learning, including open communication and information systems, digital learning platforms and social media tools. It's an exciting time for learning in the workplace, as more research and self-directed learning becomes available. Learning professionals will be able to play a critical role in, in applying this new strategy to reskill their workforce. Thanks for listening to the Learning Summit podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the discussions today, please do share on social media, subscribe. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.